0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for checking out this week's edition of the Derek Diamond Experience. It's episode number 50, and this week you'll get to hear my conversation with former NFL quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber. But first, I want to tell you about a fantastic new album from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you're interested in booking them for shows, like them on Facebook, just search for The Unicorn Wranglers. And don't forget to follow them on both Twitter and Instagram, and those handles are at uwranglers. That's at u-w-r-a-n-g-l-e-r-s.
1: Hello, this is Jake the Snake Plumber, former NFL legend. And you're listening to the Derek Diamond Experience. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Diamond.
0: Diamond. Experience! Experience! Welcome to episode number 50 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of March 23rd, 2015. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully this podcast finds you in a good place, whether it be driving to work, from work, sitting at work, cooking dinner, doing laundry, doing anything. And that's the beauty of podcasts, is that you can listen to them at your own leisure. I've said several times that I consider podcasts to be the Netflix of talk radio, But for those of you that may be listening to the show for the first time, uh, my name, as I said, is Derek Diamond. I'm the host of this show, and I live in the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. I work as a creative service trainee for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos baseball team, which is the AA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. And to tell you a little bit about this show, about a year ago, I decided to embark on this little podcasting venture. And I've always had this odd fascination with people and learning about them, like the the journey that they took to get to where they are now. And I love hearing about their careers because I interview a variety of people. It could be one week, it could be someone in film. The next week, it could be a musician, an artist, author, really anybody who I think has an interesting story to tell. And it's not just the career itself, but how did you get there? Why did you choose that path? It's just one of those things that, you know, I've always had this odd fascination with, and I thought that it would make for an interesting podcast. Now, as far as the guest this week, I have a very special interview for you guys this week. And it's kind of a funny story how this whole thing happened, because back in January, we were at my friend Ian's house. We were watching the Broncos game. Ian's a huge Broncos fan. And we were talking about Jake Plummer, who was his favorite player growing up. And we had found out that he does a podcast uh, called Snake's Takes with Jake Plummer. And I started listening to it, and Ian said, you know what you should do? You should try and get Jake Plummer on your show. Now, I'm thinking there's no chance that that will happen. But I figure, why not? So I tweet him, and I say, you know, hey, my name's Derek Diamond. I do a podcast. You know, I'd love to have you as a guest. Could I send you some more information? And we started communicating that way. And here we are a couple of months later. The interview happened about a week ago, and he was just great. And it was fun getting to learn about his career, both college and pro, uh, some of his thoughts on the current NFL players, the current NFL, you know, as a whole, and then him growing up uh, in Idaho, playing three different sports, and why he chose football, and just getting to to learn all that kind of stuff was was really cool. And and I thank him very much for taking the time to do that. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with former NFL quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber. <laughs> Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience Here with my very special guest this week Former NFL quarterback from the Arizona Cardinals and Denver Broncos Jake the Snake Plumber Jake, welcome to the show
1: Hey, thanks, Derek. Thanks for having me on your uh, the experience, the Derek Diamond experience. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, no problem. No problem. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, first thing I wanted to ask you, why the nickname The Snake?
1: That's kind of a, a childhood nickname, I guess. But, you know, my, my actual real name is not Jake. It's a nickname that I got in the third grade when there were five Jasons in the classroom that I moved into mid-year. So uh, I'd been called Jake Uh, you know by friends of the family and certain people around our family Uh, so it stuck after the third grade and then as time went on started getting into sports uh, the nickname came about for many reasons I was real skinny and kind of tall and pretty quick and and kind of wiry and my brothers would call me the snake and then my brother uh can't remember which it was eric or brett my older brothers gave me kenny stabler's book that called the snake and uh, Mm -hmm. if anybody out there hasn't read the book the snake you should read it and then your mouths would be all a gap and going holy smokes how would he survive in today's world of (laughs) cell phones you know stories i mean it was a great book and for an eighth grade kid it was eye-opening and Kind of like, wow, that's what the NFL's like, so that's where the snake came from, and then through sports, just being kind of quick and elusive and wiry and skinny and looking kind of like a snake, it stuck. So that's where it kind of began and and where everybody started calling me the snake
0: awesome my My guess was either some kind of childhood hero or the pro wrestler, so you, you know go. I love
1: we love the wrestling. There's funny on Wikipedia there's it quotes uh, that someone wrote in there that my nickname comes from jake the snake roberts mm-hmm. but it doesn't it comes from kenny stabler and uh you know he was the oakland raiders qb great quarterback right. left handed guy, crazy lived life to the to the fullest and played that way too so yeah it was a, a little bit of mis you know misinformation there that it actually is kenny stabler the snake
0: right got it right part of it is i, I grew up watching wrestling so that was just kind of my assumption but you know, yeah that's, that, that's cool that's really cool now, I know you, you currently live in Colorado, but are you originally from Colorado?
1: No, I'm originally from Boise, Idaho, born and raised. Uh, spent a little bit of time in the Sawtooth Mountains in Smiley Creek, a little town in central Idaho, when my parents moved to the mountains. And then uh, once I graduated high school, that's when I went to uh, move down to Arizona State, and had, was there, and then through Denver, and then was back up in north Idaho, For five years when I retired, but uh, my home home is Boise, Idaho, hometown where I was born and raised and currently, like you said, living in Colorado in the Boulder area.
0: Nice. So, you know, you obviously played football. Did you play any other sports growing up?
1: We played everything, Derek. I mean, it was, you know, football, uh, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, handball, wiffle ball, paddle ball, you name it. Give so pretty me much ball. anything with a ball. <laughs> exactly, man. Or <laughs> even my brothers, they were awesome. They were very active, sports fans too. Uh, both of them extremely athletic, uh, great hand eye coordination and, and could run and throw and catch. And so we we were always making up games. And give us a, a empty driveway, some chalk, and a little red bouncy ball. We'd come up with something unique and creative to challenge us and have fun and keep score and see who could win.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What what made you choose football over all the other sports?
1: Well, it was hard, really, to be honest with you. Coming out of high school, or actually going into high school, I played everything: football, I mean, basketball, baseball. I wanted to do track, but just didn't wasn't able to fit it in uh, with my you know baseball schedule in the spring.
0: Right. Uh, I
1: played handball whenever I had a chance. Off, you know, out of sport off season when there was still time, like. Back in the day when I went to high school, there was actually a little bit of time once in a while between sports, you know, a week or two. But, uh, yeah, just football was really my chance once I started receiving letters. Uh, my junior year, after my junior year, I went to Stanford, the Stanford quarterback receiver camp. Mm-hmm. And that's when Bill Walsh was there and Terry Shea. And uh, I was a skinny, you know, kid from Idaho, down here with all these big guns from California and like the the cream of the crop. And I held my own and actually excelled and set a foot speed record on a little drill they did there. And then that's when my name kind of exploded and the word was out. And so I started getting letters from everywhere all around the country. And that's when I figured, wow, I can I'm going to get an education out of this at least. And that's football became really the sport that I didn't stop and focus on that. Uh, I still played everything in the summer and played city beach hoops up in Coeur d'Alene, rode my mountain bike. We had home run derby, tennis, handball, golf, all that stuff. But I knew that, you know, my senior year was going to be a big year to just go out there and play hard and and try to win another state title and Mm -hmm. see, you know, what colleges were going to be the ones I wanted to go to. And after that played basketball and took some trips and even finished up my senior year playing baseball. But I knew that was when football kind of became my, my, focus
0: right now grow now growing up a huge sports fan like who who were some of your favorite sports figures growing up well there's sweetness walter payton
1: was one of my favorites uh, absolutely absolutely yeah He's man great. you watched his highlights and just being able to grow up in that era and and, and understand football you know at, at age 10 11 12 and my brothers were huge fans so we watched a lot of football and watching walter payton was awesome marcus allen was one of my favorite running backs uh, I love Joe Montana. He was always fun to watch. Uh, Definitely, you know, there's there's numerous guys. Randall Cunningham was one of my favorite all-time quarterbacks ever to watch and play because he just his style and his abilities and and the way he played the game. It, it was awesome to watch. So yeah, I mean, I like basketball too. I mean, Larry Bird was one of my favorites. Uh, a great competitor, an amazing athlete. George Brett was probably my favorite baseball player. Uh, influenced a little bit by my oldest brother, Brett, because that's who he liked, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) I kind of followed in his footsteps.
0: Yeah, so um, back back to your football career, Um, you went to college at Arizona State. Yep. Why did you choose Arizona State? Well, it was a tough
1: decision as an 18-year-old. You know, people take for granted the decision these kids have to make or that they're faced with making at such a young age. It's really a a very big decision that takes a lot of thought uh, a lot of input from other sources. And then you got to, you know, trust your family, your friends, and even your, hopefully you got a good coach or coach you can trust. And I did, I was lucky. Steve Vogel is my high school coach. Uh, we won a state title my junior year and we lost by one point my senior year. So he was a great coach. We did a lot of good things there. And he was, he helped me throughout the process. Um, but really ASU, uh, they started out, they were the first college to call me. Uh, That Mm -hmm. early morning in the summer, when I think it was—I think their first day they could call is June 4th, maybe. They, you know, phone rings. They wake me up out of my slumber at 8 a.m. I'm ready to sleep in. You know, it's summertime, and they said right away, "We want to offer you a scholarship, and you're our guy. We'd love to have you come be a Sun Devil." So, from the start, they—they were the first ones on the list, which—which kept them at the top. Uh, But the big selling point was Bruce Snyder, the head coach in my living room uh, back in Boise who sat down, looked me in the eye, and and through all the questions and all the conversations, said, with you as a Sun Devil, Jake, we feel we'll, we're going to win a national title. And he was the only coach that put that high of a goal or that lofty of an expectation on me. And it was more of a confidence boost for me. Right. Uh, when it came down to it, I had other schools that I thought I'd want to go to. But when I really sat down and thought about it, it, that was the right choice, uh, you know. It was the way to go, and to to have a head coach look me in the eye and tell me that when I'm weighing 170, you know, with a nasty mullet out of Boise, Idaho, <laughs> I was like, man, this guy sees something. So, uh, you know, I made the right decision. It turned out.
0: So that, along with them being the first ones to call you, were really the things that stuck out to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Washington State was in the mix. Uh, you know, I had Washington, Colorado, Iowa, um, a few other Pac-12 team, Pac-10 teams back in the day. Um, but yeah, basically they every, all the other ones kind of weeded themselves out. Washington was going under probation or was about to go under probation at the time, some sanctions, and Washington State just, uh, you know, I just I, I wanted to get away from home a little bit. So that was it, Arizona State. And uh, once I made the decision, it felt really good to know that's where I was going. I could get back to focusing on basketball.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, being at Arizona State, what what were some of your – your personal highlights during your career there? Cause I know you, you led the team to an undefeated season and a PAC 10 championship. I believe it was in 96. Uh, that along with that, what were some of the other highlights from your time there?
1: Yeah, we had a lot of great games. I mean, it was it, actually, we struggled a couple, my sophomore year, you know, my first year, we just missed making a bowl game, which was really tough. Uh, but my, I guess my, my biggest best memory of that year my freshman year was obviously being a true freshman as the backup and actually getting a chance to play against Utah first game of the year I go in and roll to my left and throw up a, a fluttering duck and Chili Los Carlos Artis comes back a couple steps catches it and my first throw as a college uh quarterback went for seventy-eight yards for a touchdown so that was a pretty awesome way to start my oh, nice. career there yeah absolutely doesn't happen like that very often, but uh, that was really fun. And then, you know, we just missed out on a bowl game that year. We were three and eight my sophomore year, and we had eight guys, seven or eight guys get drafted. And that's when things really, you know, were tough for me because I, I, just thought everyone else was as dedicated and 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 you know, hundred percent into the whole trying to win it all thing. And and at, you know, to go three and eight and have seven guys drafted there's a disconnect there that doesn't register with me. So I was a little upset, and that's when things shifted in our junior year. My junior year, we just missed a bowl game again, going 6-5, and losing to our rivals, the Wildcats. Um, But then my senior year, it all culminated in just an an amazing, memorable year, uh, undefeated in the Pac-10, undefeated in the regular season, and a chance, as old Bruce Snyder said way back uh, when he was recruiting me, we played for a national title in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. It didn't turn out the way we wanted to, but uh, you know, for a kid from Idaho, it was pretty amazing to be on that stage.
0: Right. I mean, just the fact making it to that level is not a lot of quarterbacks get to do that. If you really think about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it was coming out of you know, like like you said, not many people get that opportunity to play on that stage and just to start for four years, uh, meet some great guys. And there were a lot of memorable games uh, going up to Oregon. My I think it was my junior year when they were ranked at number eight. We beat them in Autzen Stadium, which ha- doesn't happen often up there. Uh, but senior year was was a ton of great games. I mean, from the g- first game against Washington, uh, you know, to the game against Nebraska that kind of put us on the map, to the come from behind victory versus UCLA, the triple overtime against USC. Uh, man, beating Cal to clinch the Rose Bowl and whooping up on Arizona down there. It was It was an <laughs> awesome year. Awesome year.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, leaving college and going into the draft, what's the entire draft process like from a player's side because you know these days the combine is heavily publicized but what what else goes into it besides you know like the combine type stuff
1: well it, you know it's changed since when I was coming out in the draft back in ninety seven uh it was a lot a lot different I mean obviously they still sent coaches out that came and watched a lot of film, uh, would come out to your, the pro day to watch you throw. Uh, but that whole process after, after the Rose bowl, you know, going to some of the the East West shrine game and the senior bowl, that was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun getting that experience to, to meet a bunch of other college players from around the country. And, and, you know, I, it was kind of my, a different take for me. I mean, these guys, some of them were real serious and just uh, you know going at it and me I was like this is an all-star game and a, and a privilege to be in and kind of a, a reward for all of our hard work not this isn't necessarily the time I need to go out there and, and prove to these coaches that I'm worthy of the NFL if they don't know that yet then why the hell they bring me out here you know <laughs> so we I had a lot of fun I mean, There, you know there was a keg at the senior bowl in the little room they had set up for us and everyone was avoiding it and by about the third day You know, I sat down with me and uh, ended up uh, Chris Dishman from Nebraska and uh, a couple guys from uh, Sean Sueda and a couple of my teammates, Keith Poole. We ended up drinking that whole damn keg with about four or five (laughs) other dudes that had the same mindset, you know, like, man, we're here. Let's have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if that happens now. You know, I don't think that they'd be one to be seen having a beer and their draft stock could drop. And it's just so overanalyzed now. I'm so glad I came up in a time when it was just – players play ballers, ball, coaches coach and and you know get it done that way but it, it is an intense time I mean it was a you know you're right there on the doorstep of of you know entering into the realm of the dreams that you've had your whole entire life. I mean that's what my dream was to play in the NFL and to win a Super Bowl and good Lord, I'm right there now. I've accomplished and done everything I can as a as a collegiate athlete. And now I've got a chance to get drafted in the NFL. So I, I approached it as just a lot of fun, a chance to just shine and do all the things I'd been doing. Uh, I didn't go see a QB guru or anybody. I just worked with my QB coach at ASU and got, kept getting in shape, watched film, and, and prepared myself for that next level. That's all I really did. So it's changed in that regard because now you've got these guys that I don't think have ever played quarterback that are now QB gurus. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Take
1: these quarterbacks and, and teaching them how to play. I mean, either you know how to play or you don't, you know. And
0: right. you can't
1: tell me holding the ball up at the shoulder height and making sure you're pressed in both hands and your chin is tucked. That doesn't make you a player. What makes you a player is diving for a third and four and getting cracked in the ribs and getting up and looking at the defender and saying, That's all you got, bitch. You know, let's <laughs> go. That's what makes you a baller. So it's hard to measure that in a combine setting. It's hard to measure that in, in you know, out on a pro day. Um, you know, so for me, I knew that I I played different than I practiced, and and I hope coaches would see that. just needed one team, Derek, just one team to want me, and that's... That's that's all it takes.
0: That's all it takes is one one. team. (laughs) Something you brought up, it's actually pretty interesting. Everything is so overanalyzed and players and coaches, you know, compared to back then are now constantly under a microscope, because you have, you know, the NFL network now and ESPN with their increased coverage. It seems like they follow these players around 24 seven. And it just, it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit, I think, because sometimes you just, you need to play the game.
1: Yeah. You know, that, that's really what it's all about. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think that there should be criminals out on the field and, you know, I don't, I cringe and I uh, shake my head and and wish it would all go away when players get in trouble, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, get in real trouble. I mean, like real trouble where they're, beating their wives and, and beating their kids. Like we saw this year and yeah. and guys carrying guns and being accused of murder and beating people up. And that's bad stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't like that, but you know, a guy getting a DUI, we, we want to vilify this guy and turn him into a monster. I mean, this is just a dude out having some beers, made a bad decision. Like a lot of people do mm-hmm. and got caught. And it's, it's bad because there's it's way so overanalyzed. Yeah, it's overanalyzed. They're turning these guys into monsters when they're not bad guys. A lot of them, but there's a few that are. There's mm-hmm. a few that are. You know, thank God they're in the NFL because if not, who knows where they would be? You know, and that's that's uh, you know the, the the beauty of the game. I mean, it, it it brings in all sorts of people, all sorts of uh, you know from all over, all the cultures, and and all around the country, and even some now some players from out of out of the U.S. I mean, it's it's really a uh, an awesome game but yeah that the, the attention that these guys get and the overanalysis and the lack of freedom really I think the lack of the ability to just let your hair down at a bar and shoot some pool and play a jukebox and and hang with your fans it's all being uh, eaten up by phones and instagrams and everything i mean there's no there's no privacy anymore
0: yeah they don't have an opportunity to just be a normal person and go out with yeah, like I mean, anyone I, else
1: exactly i used to be able to drop into a, a local bar have some beers, shoot some pool, and have a really organic, natural time with my fans. Whereas now, you know, it becomes a photo shoot, uh, tweet off, and all this crazy stuff. And I just, I don't know how the players deal with it now. I definitely, I definitely probably would have broken a few cell phones in my day if I would have been playing (laughs) now.
0: (laughs) So you, you were drafted in the second round by the Arizona Cardinals. How how was your time in, in Arizona? Like, what were some of your highlights there?
1: Well, there was there was a few highlights and a lot of tough times. You know that was an organiz- organization that I think we're seeing now the potential they can that they have when they get the right people, uh, in 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 charge
0: making the right decisions. Yeah, Bruce Arians uh, is doing a great job there. Yeah,
1: and I got a you know deeper level than that is Mike Bidwell. You know, right when I was there midway through my career in Arizona. Mike, uh, one of uh, Bill Sr.'s sons, was starting to kind of work his way into the fold of taking over operations and becoming, like, the lead guy. And now he is the guy. He's in charge of everything. And, uh, you know, the old man, Bill Bidwell Sr., what a an what a amazing, you know, walking, the, you know, uh, encyclopedia, really, of the NFL. I mean, the guy knows everything about it and a very interesting, eccentric dude, but just I don't think has the – had the ability to, to really open up the, the, the checkbook in order to become a winning, winning team consistently. And that's what they're doing now. They're, you see them bringing in the players. They're paying the coaches. They're doing the things at their facility to upgrade so the players are happy and the players want to be there. Because if you're a free agent and you got game, I don't know who wouldn't want to go play in Arizona. The weather's awesome. There's, uh, it's a great place to play football. So um, you know my time's there. We're up and down. Uh, but but it was all memorable and a great time and I you know I give them a lot of love and then uh, I appreciate them giving me a chance to start my NFL career by drafting me
0: yeah now you, um,
1: oh. I didn't really hit on any highlights there though but uh, obviously 98 was, was huge we made the playoffs and mm-hmm. we won a playoff game for the first time in 50 years so yeah you know that was big stuff happened that year the vote for the stadium went down that year proposition 301 and you know, big stuff happened that year. We had an amazing season, finished off with three come-from-behind victories, and just to clinch a playoff berth. So, uh, awesome team of of guys. And then, like I said, with spending the money, they just didn't keep those guys there, and we lost, you know, a few real key components to our team, and it just wasn't the same after that. We struggled two, three, and thirteen years, and just uh, you know, some bad stuff. So, yeah, some some tough, tough times, but a few real good times
0: too. Now going to Denver, you went to the Broncos uh, through free agency. What, how was your time in Denver?
1: It, it was great. You know, I think uh, the chance to come play here, it happened. Really, it was started to happen the end of my career there in Arizona, my last year. We played Denver the last game of the year up here in Denver. Oh wow! At uh, Mile High and Invesco. so yeah, and I, I you know, I was being coached by Jeep Chris, the quarterback coach at the time, who now is the OC for San Francisco, the 49ers, a uh, great coach, great guy, an awesome person. And uh, so he he gave me some reins. The last couple games of the season there, we had a little package where I'd, I had no communication with the sideline. It was me calling plays, whatever I felt like calling. And I was having a blast, man. And so I, I remember leaving the field and, and the, the crowd was chanting, we want Jake, we want Jake. And that was pretty awesome to know that you know, there was a team. I can imagine a, so. Yeah, an organization like Denver, where I—I mean, I'd struggled in Arizona. We lost a lot of games. Like I said, three and thirteen, two years in a row. Uh, that was rough. And uh, you know, I think it was three and thirteen. It maybe had been close to that, but it felt like three and thirteen. Um, but yeah, to get a chance to go to Denver, it was awesome. Uh, you know, Shanahan uh, had a, had an awesome system in place, and some great guys in the locker room, and I was able to come up here and add to that and. Really had a, a four-year run that that kind of resurrected my career, and gave me a chance to, to win a lot of games. We had two 13 and three seasons uh, here with the Broncos, so that's a stark contrast to what I went through in Arizona. And uh, we damn near made it to the Super Bowl. We were game away. We lost to to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. And you know, for a little kid out of Boise, Idaho, whose dreams were to play in the big one, the Super Bowl. You know, to get that close was pretty amazing. And uh, mm-hmm. how are the how my career ended here wasn't, wasn't how I envisioned it, or I don't think people like to see, but that's just how sports goes. And I was ready to retire after 10 and then kind of ready after nine, had we won the Super Bowl, I wanted to leave that big stage with the MVP trophy and retire that on the spot. Uh, That was what my my, uh, grand scheme, grand plan was, but that didn't happen. So I played one more year and and it was fun. It was a good, a good experience for me. And it it kind of solidified uh, the notion that I was ready to get, get out of the game.
0: And the fans in Denver are great too. One of my best friends is a huge Broncos fan and he's, Mm -hmm. he's been to a couple of, of Bronco games. And I I think he's going to one this year and hopefully he'll let me tag along because I've actually never been to Denver. Uh, So so hopefully I can make it out there one day, but you know, from what I've seen, I I think the fans, there are fantastic. Yeah. You know, you said
1: huge fan and that's really all of them. If you're a Denver fan, they're big. They're, Mm -hmm. they, uh, they really get into it. They live and die by the result each Sunday. Um, <clears throat> one fun thing I've been up, up to lately living here in Boulder is I go to three or four games a year and uh, go out and tailgate, just hang out in the crowd and, and shock people, really. I go through the turnstiles with my ticket, uh, go sit in my seat down wherever it is. and For me, it's awesome. I get to you know bump elbows with my fans, uh, get to experience the game with them, and they ask questions, and by, you know, third quarter, we're drinking beers and having a great time. And uh, it's, a, it's a really awesome environment. You get a chance to come up here, you definitely should, because it's a beautiful place to watch a football game.
0: I, I can imagine. So, I mean, I've watched several Bronco games on TV, and it, it looks like a fun atmosphere. So uh, hopefully yeah. I can make it out there one day. Now, after you retired, you know, what, like, what have you been doing with your life since you retired? Because I, I know you're a, a pretty avid handball player, correct?
1: Yeah, you know I got I've been playing handball since I was a young kid. So that's been part of my life on and off for a long time and kind of got into playing a lot right after I retired because I was in great shape. Not great shape, but it was, you know, good good shape. active and ready to go and get after it and so that was a a real nice transition um playing to not playing football because I had camaraderie I had to go play, drink a few beers and it was awesome. So I played a lot um when we moved up to North Idaho in Sandpoint, me and my my girlfriend at the time, we got married right after we retired. So, you know, for five five years, we lived up in Sandpoint and uh, then moved back down here to Boulder. And, yeah, handball's been a big, t- big part of my life, and it's working its way back in after uh, I had a couple hip surgeries to repair some damage done in there. And mm-hmm. now I'm getting back on the court, so uh, life is good when I'm in the handball court.
0: Now, what exactly is handball, for those that
1: may not know? Well, let me put it this way for you. It's taking the, the racket out of your hand, getting rid of the beer belly and using your off hand. <laughs> That's handball. <laughs> so anybody that knows racquetball will know what I'm talking about. You know, you got a racket and the beer belly and you hit the ball around but in handball. You got to get rid of the racket. You got to use your weak hand, whatever hand that, that you your non-dominant hand. So right. it's a really amazing game. It's, it's a, uh, getting back to like we talked about earlier with the give us a ball and a wall and we can play a game. I mean, it's really a uh, old school game. It, it went going back all the way to Ireland a long, long time ago, back to the Egyptians where there's proof and drawings where they think that they might've been playing handball or a game of that sort. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a real kind of gladiator x game type sport that really requires a lot of mental toughness and physical abilities um but you don't have to be a a crazy out of this world athlete to play you just have to have a will to want to get the ball back with with your off hand and your good hand and and uh you know meet a lot of great guys and drink a lot of cold beer so anyone out there that wants to play handball tweet me at snakes takes and i'll tell you where to find a game in your area, and I'll even you know, I'm around to show you how to play.
0: I may be tweeting you that when this interview's <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> it is. It's you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but I, I turn I turn a lot of guys that are you know mid twenties to you know late thirties, turn them onto the game, and they're hooked for life because it's kind of a time in your life when you're looking for something to do, and it, it gets you in shape. I, you sweat like a pig when you play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys you play are great. And like I said, it makes beer taste really good. And uh, it's a life sport. It's a game I'll play till I die, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I'll have to try that out sometime. I mean, it, it, cool. it sounds like it'd be very interesting to do. And then you you also do a podcast uh, called Snakes Takes. Yeah. What, what gave you the idea to do a podcast?
1: Well, I was approached by a group uh, in California, uh, Inside Sports USA Media. Larry Kahn is the owner there, and he approached me uh, about doing a podcast, so we started doing it. Uh, I didn't really know why. I, that's why I asked him, why the hell would you want me to do a podcast? But <laughs> in this day and age, like we've talked about, there's, it's an information age, and so there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and I know there's people that are interested in hearing from, from retired legends or you know, whatever you want to call us, the ex-football players, and, and hear of our experiences and kind of hear us So it's a a chance to to stay in touch with my fans, to put information out there that I feel is entertaining and uh, informative, and to throw my opinion out there to try to make people think in a different way. Um, You know, as a quarterback, I I did it. I lived through it. I played it. So whatever I say is right because I did it. (laughs) You know, and that's my take on it. Really, it's like, hey, you can't tell me I'm wrong because that was my experience. So right as long as I could, you know, get my mind working through it. And it's been great therapy in a way because I've been able to peel back layers of my playing days and think of players that I haven't thought about in a long time, teammates, uh, experiences after games and camp up in Flagstaff in Arizona. I mean, just things start popping into my head when I'm doing it, the research and work on it. So it's a fun thing. And, uh, you know, more or less keeps me in touch with the game. And, uh, I feel that anybody out there that, that wants, listen to my podcast Snakes Takes check it out you can find it at inside sports USA media and on podcast1.com iTunes and iHeartRadio so it's out there if you like it cool if you don't then go find another one really <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, a couple more things I wanted to ask you um, who are some of the current NFL players that you, you that you enjoy watching just you know as a fan
1: man there's a lot you know I, I, one guy I know a lot of the Bronco fans will get mad if they hear this. Is Philip Rivers, you know, out of San Diego, uh, just a crazy competitor? A lot His intensity Brazil. is
0: fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's passionate. It means something to him, and and you know, he doesn't think twice about what he does because he's in the heat of the moment. And I really like that about him. And and he's done some things that you know people shake their head at and say, "Oh, what a whiny, party punk," you know. But me, I think, no, that's just a fiery tough ass competitor that doesn't care what you think at the moment he's trying to win a game, which is why you're watching and hoping for if you're a San Diego fan. And I like his, his tenacity and just his abilities. Um, gosh, that's a, there's just a lot of guys. I love Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I love everything his, about him.
0: His nickname is fitting. He is a
1: beast. Beast mode. I've seen him play live a few times. Uh, there's few players that can do what he does when the ball touches his hands Uh, in in a stadium and then you can feel the level rise you can feel his teammates amp up whenever he gets going I mean there's few players you watch around the league that can do that and he's one of them he's just a awesome a joy to watch I'm sad it's he's in I think his eighth year because I'm not sure how much tread is on the tires Uh, but yeah he's one I love to watch Russell Wilson too I just love his his style and his game Um, you know I'm you know I'm going to say a Colin Kaepernick Cam Newton those guys that are non-conventional the unconventional QBs that right play this new style we're witnessing Um, I'm a big fan of Johnny Manziel in college I'm hoping he can find a coach that can can develop him and and let him play his game which is uh, a lot of good with an occasional sprinkling of bad but you know you got to get the right coach that can bring that out of him and I I look for him to become quite a, quite a star in the NFL, actually. Um, You know, other guys, I love watching Andrew Luck play. He's He's incredible. He's unbelievable. He's hands down the best all around quarterback in the game right now. Uh, We don't know what it will be in history, but I think that skill wise, skill set wise, mentality, leadership qualities, toughness, tenacity, uh, the way he is off the field, the way he is in public, I mean the guy has it all he 's just going to be a lot of fun to watch, continue grow, and see what he does next year um, there's just a lot of great players. I marvel that I played in the league for ten years against all the with the same kind of players and uh it, you know the the athletes today they're just amazing it 's fun to watch
0: they are there there's a lot of fun quarterbacks to watch, and I actually had the opportunity at the senior bowl a few years ago to meet uh, Russell Wilson. And he was just a super nice guy. He was great yeah. with all the fans and everything. So you're know, seeing someone like that, you know, s- be able to succeed at the level that he currently is. And I just think he's going to get even better oh, as yeah. time goes on.
1: Yeah. So, they're doing the right thing with surrounding him by guys that can play. Well, that's the key, you know, getting guys that, that make his job easier, but he's a great uh, point man for your organization. And he's had a lot of success. It's going to be hard when they don't have the success like they've had. That's when it's going to be interesting to see if uh, the fans are willing to, you know, have a dip in the in the success for a year or a year and a half if they're willing to have the patience. But you know, maybe they don't have that dip. It, it, it'd be hard to carry out their success like they are uh, currently doing. But you know, with Richard Sherman guys and Earl Thomas guys like that, I think it can happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch over the next several years for sure, to see all these guys develop. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. But last thing that I wanted to ask you, I have two very good friends of mine who were supposed to sit in during this interview, but unfortunately they couldn't make it. Uh, One of them is the friend that I mentioned earlier who is a Broncos fan, and his brother is a Cardinals fan. So would you mind giving a shout-out to Adam and Ian?
1: Yeah, what's up, Adam? Adam, which one's the Cardinal fan?
0: Adam's the Cardinals fan, Ian's the Broncos fan.
1: All right, Adam, uh, a shout-out to you for real for being a Cardinals fan because there's been some suffering going on there for a few years, but they're getting it going uh, down in the Valley of the Sun. Look out for them to be competitive for sure this year. And Ian, Broncos fan, you're spoiled, man. All they do is win, the Broncos (laughs) do, but I appreciate you being a loyal fan. Uh, a fanatic so to say because the Broncos fans get a little fanatical but uh, enjoy what Coobs is going to bring to the program here with with old Peyton Manning for one more year I think Peyton's around for one more I don't know you never know with him but mm-hmm. enjoy watching those Broncos play and, and get up here to a game and uh, mile high when you do let me know I'll come have a cold one with you
0: fantastic well Jake thank you very much for doing the show this was awesome
1: Hey, Derek, thanks for having me on, man. I know you asked me way back in January. I'm just glad I could uh, get around to it finally and fulfill uh, what I told you I would do. So, good luck with your podcast
0: and keep it going, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. And same to you with your podcast as well. Hey, thank you. Big thank you once again to Jake the Snake Plumber for taking the time to do that really fun interview. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter at Snakes Takes and check out his podcast, Snakes Takes with Jake Plumber. And speaking of podcasts, next week we will be looking deeper into the world of podcasting with my guest, fellow podcaster Nicole Welch. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes if you have an iPhone or other smartphone device. If you have Android, you can subscribe on Stitcher Radio. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond, or you can follow the show at D Diamond EXP. But that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend, and we'll see you guys back next Monday, March 30th.